Hello and welcome to the Dictionary of Moments podcast. I'm your host, Jason Geary, and I've got a cold. That's right. I am quite literally recording this podcast from my bed. I lugged all the equipment into my bedroom and I am uh, trying my best not to cough and splutter into the microphone. But nothing stops the stories from coming. So uh, without a whole bunch of rambling, let's just get into them this week and hope that my voice holds out. Enjoy. Covered entrance at the front or rear of a building. Porch. Robert had a suspicion that this would happen. He walked into the room and knew instantly that he didn't belong. It was his first time within this tightly knit social group. He thought about not coming, but he couldn't have turned down the invitation because Kitty had made it. Five months of working her periphery would have gone to waste if he had turned her down. He hovered by the wall for a time, swept by the finger food table when he could, nodding friendly nods at people he had seen around the university. They looked back with quizzical faces. Before long, he began to wonder what everybody else in the room was wondering. What the hell am I doing here? He struck up awkward conversations about sport of which he had no real knowledge, a fact that was quickly exposed as the conversations progressed and people systematically excused themselves. After circling the party for 40 minutes, he'd spent the last hour alone on the back porch, watching couples stream out into the backyard for the privacy of the garden shadows, something he wished he had more of in his current situation. Suddenly he sat upright. He heard her laughter coming towards him. Kitty was here. He stood up as the door burst open. Kitty crashed out onto the back porch with a guy trailing behind her. She was stunned to see Robert. Oh, Robert, you're here. Yeah, uh, I've been hanging out here, you know, back porch is where it's at. She laughed. He couldn't tell if it was with him or at him. The guy piped up. Yeah, where it's at for losers. They both laughed. Now she was laughing at him. Ah, I better go, Robert said. No, stay, Kitty said. I won't be long, and then we'll hang, okay? 
Robert nodded. She dragged the guy by the arm and led him into the shadows. Robert cursed himself for nodding and sat back down again. Moving from a higher to a lower level, typically rapidly and without control. Falling. Kneel on the ledge. Eli looked at the small wall that topped the building, then passed it to the road twelve floors below. There? On the ledge? That's crazy. Nah, just kneel. I won't let you fall. Eli shrugged his shoulders and looked behind him. Uncuff me and I will. Oh, no, 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 no. Those cuffs will be the only thing that are keeping you safe. You see, without them, I got nothing to hold on to. Those cuffs are the only thing keeping you safe, pig. Without them, I'd slit your fucking throat. The sergeant nodded to his lackey, who grabbed Eli, elbowed him in the top of the spine, and pushed him onto the edge of the building. A series of panicked, incoherent sounds flew from Eli's mouth. Half words, half screams. As soon as his knees hit the edge of the building, his body went rigid. The Sarge was counting on it. He moved in behind Eli, taking the place of his lackey, and pulled the cuffed hands towards the sky. Eli was forced to lean out over the edge of the building. More screams. Then, Eli pissed himself. Ah, that's unfortunate, said the Sarge, but not entirely unexpected. I ain't telling you shit, Eli spat as he yelled. The Sarge leaned in to spin Eli's ear. As he did, Eli leaned further out. Have you ever considered what falling from 12 floors would do to your body? Hey, it would kill you. Hitting the ground isn't the worst part, though. That's the part where you die. No, the worst part is the fall. You see, falling... That far would take you a good couple of seconds at least. That's two or more seconds where you know you're going to die. Now I ask you, what would you use those two seconds to do? Ask for forgiveness before you meet your maker? I'm I'm sure, in fact, I know that you got confessions to make. Would you call your loved one's name? Or put a curse on my name. Or simply be so afraid that I'll officially have to record your last words as gibberish in my report. I'd hit the ground. I'd get back up. I'd march up those stairs. And I'd kick your fucking ass. The sergeant let go. It took three seconds before he heard the hollow pop of Eli's body. Hitting a car roof. C. Verb. To perceive with the eyes. 
discern visually. See. Her eyes are grey, like an overcast sea. The longer I stare into them, the more I'm hypnotised. Flicks of alternating shades dash outwards from her pupil. There is no colour there, just alternating shades of grey, draining into the dark black of her pupils. She knows I like to lose myself in her eyes. And she lets me, she doesn't feel the need to fill the silence with talk, break the tension with the smile. She just breathes calmly and lets me fall in. As she blinks, the tides in her eyes turn. They flow left, then right. Epic forces at play in such a tiny space. I'm not fooled. Her calm demeanour is a well-practised mask hiding the storm below. This is her strength and her weakness. I find it both mesmerising and terrifying. I've seen her lose control. It happens when those tides in her eyes crash against the rocks of others' expectation. It, like all forces of nature, is violent Powerful, messy, but ultimately beautiful. What do you see? She asks softly. The first word she's spoken since we lay our heads on the pillow. The sea. my very first sick in bed (laughs) dictionary of moments podcast uh look i hope you enjoyed it you know what to do do all the follows do all the things uh and i'll talk to you next week i hopefully i'll be a bit better (laughs) all right good luck out there bye Follow you blindly, my eyes.